You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Bleeding Green Nation, and welcome back to another edition of BGN Memories, powered by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I'm your host, John Stolness. You can follow me on Twitter, at John Stolness. And coming up, we're going to continue what we've been doing all season long, chronicling the 40th anniversary of the 1980 Philadelphia Eagles team that beat the Dallas Cowboys in the NFC Championship game and went to Super Bowl 15, the team's first Super Bowl in franchise history. We're going to talk today about the NFC Divisional game that they played, against the Minnesota Vikings at Veterans Stadium. It was a a wild game. If you guys aren't familiar with this one, it's it was crazy how this game played out. Uh, but it was, of course, the game the Eagles won to move on to host the Dallas Cowboys in the NFC Championship game. So a busy show to get to here in the next few minutes. And so let's dive right in to BGN Memories and let's look at this NFC Divisional game between the Birds and the Minnesota Vikings. Now, just to catch you up on how the 1980 season finished, uh, the Eagles went 12-4 and and entered the playoffs as the two-seed in the in the NFC. Many people think that the that the Eagles finished as the top team in the NFC, but they really weren't. It was actually the Atlanta Falcons who also went 12 and 4 but held the tiebreaker over the Eagles who went into the playoffs as the number 1 seed and the Eagles were the number 2 seed. These two teams, the Eagles and Vikings, had met earlier in the season when the Birds destroyed them 42 to 7 at Veterans Stadium, but that was all the way back in week 2. And as we know, during the course of an NFL season, a team can change dramatically. And that's what we saw with the Minnesota Vikings. They started off the first half of the season 3-5, and five, but then finished at 9-7 and seven on the season, winning six out of their last eight games and won the NFC Central with that 9-7 and seven record. And this was a team that was predicated on passing the football. They finished third in the NFL in passing yards and not a very good team running the football, however. 27th in the NFL in rushing yards. Defensively, they were not a stout defensive team. Uh, in, in terms of uh, passing defense, they were 24th in yards allowed. And in terms of rushing defense, they were 25th in yards allowed. So again, uh, gave up a lot of offense. But in the second half of the season, the defense and the offense both played a whole lot better. And uh, you could tell that it was a, a team that a lot of people felt was really starting to build momentum towards the end of the season. But uh, you, you had a, you and they had some they had some star caliber players on that team. They were coached by Bud Grant, legendary head coach for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, took them to a number of Super Bowls in the 1970s. Tommy Kramer was the starting quarterback. He had a decent season in 1980. Again, they were a a prolific passing team. He threw for 3,582 yards and had a, a quarterback rating of 72.2. The the rating not so great because of his touchdown to interception ratio. 19 touchdowns to 23 interceptions for Tommy Kramer and. In this playoff game, the interception bug will bite Tommy Kramer pretty hard, and you'll see exactly why. Uh, Ted Brown was their leading rusher. He ran for 912 yards and eight touchdowns on the season. Uh, The team's uh, leading receiver 
Ahmad Rashad, who kids of the 90s and 2000s might remember uh, best for as the host of uh, NBA Inside Stuff, I think is what the show was called. He's also uh, known in the 80s as the guy who married Felicia Rashad, uh, who played Claire Huxtable uh, on The Cosby Show, but he was also a damn fine wide receiver. Uh, he led the team in receiving yards with 1,103, and Sammy White on the other side of the field formed a devastating wide receiver combination. He caught 952 yards worth of passes. Um, both guys combined for 10 touchdowns and then you had uh, Joe Sensor, uh, who caught seven uh, touchdowns uh, for the Minnesota Vikings. So it was a, a pass-heavy offense that really did a good job getting the ball down the field when Kramer was not turning the ball over. And so this is the situation that faced the Eagles defense. And, of course, the Eagles defense was among the best in the NFL. You look at what they did during the course of the regular season. They finished seventh overall in uh, passing defense. Um no, pardon me. They finished fifth overall in passing defense, and they finished second overall in rush defense. So this was an Eagles team that matched up pretty well with the Minnesota Vikings and really matched up well with any other offense that came down the pike in 1980. So let's get to the ball game here, and let's take you out to Veteran Stadium where Pat Summerall and Tom Brookshire were on the call for CBS. This is the point where I usually say good afternoon, but I want to change that to cold afternoon. It's 28 degrees with the wind chill factor. It's 10 degrees in Philadelphia. Pat Summerall here with Tom Brookshire. You're close to the Eagles. You know them very well. What do you think? I think they're very worried. They would like to throw away the 42-7 score and get on with this game. In the last half of the year, uh, Kramer has proven that he's a lot like Roger Staubach. He's very good when he is pressured, when he runs outside. They're a good screen team, and the Eagle linebackers will be pressured. A lot of people say that the Vikings perhaps do not belong in this game, but as you look at the second half of the season, only Atlanta had a better record than they did. They were coming on strong at the end, but Grant says we're a better team than we were, obviously. We'll just have to wait and see how much better we are. And the Eagles came into the game uh, dealing with an injury at their wide receiving core. Actually, they were pretty banged up at the wide receiver position. Uh, Scott Fitzke got the start in place of Charles Smith, who was out with an injury. And you'll hear later in the game, Scott Fitzke actually gets hurt. And so the the Eagles were um, down to two wide receivers at one point in this ballgame. So the Vikings got the opening kickoff and drove down the field right away, scoring a touchdown on their first series to go up 7-0. Here's Kramer looking deep. Touchdown, Sammy White. Minnesota breaks on top. A strike. Randy Logan was the Philadelphia defender, but Kramer hung it right there for Sammy White. Sammy White ran a post. That's his 54th catch of the year. He doesn't have the great speed, but boy, has soft hands and great concentration. Tommy Kramer there to Sammy White on the 30-yard touchdown drive, and the, and the Eagle and the, the Vikings passing offense. You could see why they were so good on this drive. Tommy Kramer completing chunk yard passes as the Vikings moved down the field against the Eagles' defense that was offering very little resistance whatsoever. Now, the Eagles answered with a long opening drive of their own, eventually getting inside the Vikings' 10-yard line, led mostly by the powerful running of Wilbert Montgomery, who had an injury-plagued season in 1980. The season before, he ran for 1,500 yards, but in this one, really accounted for only about half of that as he missed a number of games with injuries, was really banged up. But the Eagles had a first and goal from the six-yard line. They weren't able to get it any closer than that, however. On a third and goal from the six, they ran the ball on a pitch to the outside. Fans today would go ballistic if Eagles coaches uh, called a play like that. Tony Franklin came out for a 24-yard field goal, which was blocked by the Vikings, who then who got the ball back, and the, and the Vikings special teams were terrific all season long. From 24 yards out. He's 13 of 20, out to the 39. Blocked, as the Vikings so often do. And 
Minnesota will take over. The Eagles kept the ball a long time and got nothing for it. Down 7-0, the Eagles actually pulled off a fake punt later in the first quarter, but it was called back due to a penalty. So the offense is sputtering, as Ron Jaworski did not get off to a good start on a very cold day. And and late and the running game with a, a really a hobbled Wilbert Montgomery, he was pretty healthy to start off the game, but started to started to limp around as the game went on. He wasn't clicking either early in the first quarter and the second quarter. So later in the second quarter, the Vikings built their lead to 14 to nothing after a long drive was capped off by this one-yard blast from running back Ted Brown. Minnesota leading 7 to nothing and trying to get more. Brown has more. Minnesota goes to 13 nothing over Philadelphia. Rick Danmeyer will come on and try to make it 14. So with five and a half minutes left to play in the first half, the Vikings on top, 13-0 now. And they're playing pretty much perilous-type football. It's at this point Eagles defensive coordinator Marion Campbell, known as the Swamp Fox, really started to get on his players, uh, whose, def- whose defense allowed a league-low 222 points during the regular season. But he was screaming at his defensive troops on the sideline after the heavily favored Eagles fell behind by two touchdowns. And um, you can hear this in, in the Eagles. Uh, the Eagles put out, right after the 2004 season, uh, a history of the franchise two DVD set. And uh, you can hear the Swamp Fox yelling at his players on the sideline. I'll tell you what you better do. I can watch you. You walk around out there with your finger up your ass and you ain't hitting the damn zone. The name of the game, man, is hit. It's pursuing. It's working. We're not doing either. I'll tell you what. They go down here and score. It's your job to win it. And I want to see you do it. Eventually, the offense got going at the end of the second quarter and finally got on the board, capped off by a beautiful throw from Jaworski to Harold Carmichael, who hauled in this nine-yard score with his fingertips. Second and goal from the nine. Great throw from Jaworski. So at halftime, the Eagles had sleptwalked through most of, a, of the first half of a game in which they were, they were heavily favored to win and went into the locker room down 14-7. to seven. They had actually outplayed the Vikings in a lot of ways when you look at the stat sheet. On, in terms of offensive plays, the Eagles ran more offensive plays than the Vikings, 38-26. to 26. They had more first downs, 13-9, to nine, more rushing yards, 45-16, to 16, more passing yards, 126-111, to 111, and more total yards, 181 to the Vikings, 127. Neither quarterback was bathing themselves in glory in the first half. Jaworski just 12 for 22 for 134 yards and a touchdown. Tommy Kramer was 11 for 17 for 125 yards and a touchdown. The Eagles dominated time of possession, 18-15 to the Vikings, 11-45. But the Vikings led on the scoreboard where it mattered most, 14-7. And Eagles fans at Veterans Stadium were pretty nervous. And coming up, we're going to get to the second half and an unbelievably wild late third quarter, early fourth quarter in this game coming up after the break here on BGN Memories. And we're back on BGN Memories. So the Eagles... 
really kind of in, in many ways dominated the Vikings in the first half of their NFC Divisional playoff game here in 1980, but the Vikings led on the scoreboard. In the third quarter, the Eagles would absolutely take control, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But first, offensively, the Birds tied the game after a beautiful throw from Jaws to Carmichael down the right sideline where Jaws got destroyed in the pocket. That eventually led to this Wilbert Montgomery run from eight yards out to tie the game at 14. Handoff goes to Montgomery. Touchdown goes to Montgomery. a little bit. He can't be over 203 or 4 pounds. From Abilene Christian College, a sixth-round draft choice. Last year, 1,500 yards. This year, a little over 700, and he has really been hobbled. But watch the effort. Touchdown number nine. It was at this point this NFC Divisional playoff game started to become one of the weirdest and ugliest playoff games in NFL history. As the Vikings were driving the ball down the field, Kramer threw the first of what would be a staggering six interceptions here in the second half alone. Intended for White again. And picked off by the Philadelphia Eagles' Roynell Young. First down, Philadelphia. At their own six. Good pass rush by Claude Humphrey, number 87. That time Kramer just skipped a little bit before he threw it. Here's Sammy White going up the start to go in, runs a, a nine, a fly. Roynell looked back for the ball, got it under control. Some slight contact, but no flag. That's the first turnover. Now this contest, and the Eagles have it. After the interception, the Eagles had the ball deep in their own territory, and in response, the Eagles lost three yards on a running play through an incompletion, and then on third and long, Minnesota went back on top briefly with a rare safety. Jaworski finally gets rid of it. Safety. Intentional grounding out of the end zone. What a blitz the Vikings came with. Receiver there. Nobody anywhere near. And Minnesota goes ahead 16 14. So after Jaworski took that sack or that intentional grounding in the end zone, the Vikings were back on top 16-14 to midway through the third quarter, and fans are still nervous in the stands, no doubt about it. From this point on, however, the Eagles' defense took total control. After a three and out, the Eagles punted to Walter Payton's older brother, Eddie who muffed the punt, which was then recovered by the Eagles. Eddie Payton back at the 25-yard line for Minnesota. Good kick this time by Runnigan. Payton can't find the handle. Ball is loose. The Eagles come up with it. Reggie Wilkes makes the recovery for Philadelphia. In playoff games... Bobble in the second half is the one that can send you home or send you on. Reggie Wilkes is an outstanding linebacker that simply has to come in on nickel defenses and special teams. That wind is swirling up there. Oh, what a scramble for the ball. And now the contact. And 
51 went under and got it. The Eagles moved the ball inside the 10 where Montgomery ran it in from five yar yards out for his second touchdown of the day as the Eagles finally went on top 21 to 16. First and goal at the five with a minute and a half left in the third quarter. Minnesota leading 16-14. Carmichael in motion, gets back to Montgomery. Montgomery will score standing up. Leroy Harris with the key block. And a good block downfield by Petey Perot, number 62. Number two draft pick out of northwest Louisiana. They'll find you, folks. If you can play football, you'll make it because they cover it all. Carmichael goes in motion. 62 gets out. Leroy Harris gets out. Barreau just actually keeps rolling and cut Matt Blair off. It is at this point where the mayhem of this football game truly started. On Minnesota's next possession, Kramer was strip-sacked by Carl Hairston, which the birds recovered. Kramer drops. Pressure again. Fumble. The Eagles have it again. What a play by Carl Harrison, who made the sack and the fumble recovery. Is he happy? I'd say yes. On the very next play, Wilbert Montgomery fumbles, and the Vikings get the ball right back. Jaworski brings this Eagles out quickly also. First and 10. 44 yard line of Minnesota. Here's Montgomery. Doing a fumble by Montgomery. And the Vikings get it right back. Kurt Knopf made the recovery. But Minnesota turns it right back over to the Eagles as Ken Clark recovers a Vikings fumble. First down Vikings. Minnesota with Philadelphia leading 21-16. Here comes Berge out along with John Butting. Haskell again, the lone setback. Pass, pass rushes in. And off pitch out to Pascal, and Pascal breaks a tackle, has another Minnesota first down. Fumble. Philadelphia has it back. Robinson made the tackle, and the Eagles get it. Four turnovers now. And that's only the fifth fumble that the Vikes have made on offense all year long, the 17th game. A great play against the pass rush. The toss to the weak side. Reggie Wilkes is caught inside a little bit. Can't quite make the tackle. Pascal looks like he's going here, and Jerry Robinson forces the fumble. Minnesota now has four turnovers on the game to the Eagles' one, but we're, we're nowhere near done here, folks. On the following possession, Jaworski, after nearly getting strip-sacked himself and losing a fumble, throws this pick. Vikings pressuring Jaworski. He gets away from a couple, goes deep. It's picked off by Minnesota, intended for Rodney Parker, and Tommy Hannon came up with it. And then... On the very next play, the Eagles pick off Kramer again, Herm Edwards, with this interception. 7 of 11 from this distance, the year. Jaworski, the holder. Kick is good. You don't think this Aggie's happy, do you, Tony Franklin? And on the following Eagles possession, Jaws throws another pick. Vikings pressuring Jaworski. He gets away from a couple. Goes deep. It's picked off by Minnesota. Intended for Rodney Parker and Tommy Hannon came up with it. Which is then followed by a Frank LeMaster interception of Tommy Kramer. Kramer will go on first down. Try to get a lot quicker. It's picked off by Frank LeMaster. LeMaster running to the 
15 where the Eagles will have it. Turnover after turnover. That's only the second interception for number 55. The big guy out of Kentucky, and he's big at 238. The ball came off Tucker's hands. He's trying to sneak under. He does a delay and then comes under. I think the official might have gotten in the way of Tucker a little bit. Looked like Tucker was looking at somebody that turned out to be a fella in a zebra shirt. That's right, kids. Eight turnovers. Eight turnovers in nine possessions combined. And it isn't until this Frank LeMaster interception deep in Vikings territory that the Eagles finally take advantage of a game the Vikings are trying to hand to them on a silver platter. The Eagles didn't move the football after getting this interception, but it did lead to this barefooted Tony Franklin field goal that gave the Birds an eight-point lead. Seven of 11 from this distance for you. Jaworski is good. And remember, gang, an eight-point lead in the NFL back in 1980 is a two-possession game because the NFL did not have the two-point conversion at that point. So there's a huge difference between seven points and eight points. And Kramer now down two scores midway through the fourth quarter, trying to get his team back. And of all the teams that could do it, again, the Vikings were a great passing team. They could absolutely come back midway through the fourth quarter, down eight. But the Eagles' 3-4 defense listened to the Swamp Fox and pinned their ears back and forced yet another Kramer interception to Herm Edwards, his second of the day. Kramer with good protection. Kramer's picked off. Herman Edwards. Edwards goes out of bounds. Ahmad Rashad, the intended receiver, but Philadelphia has the ball at the Minnesota 31. A free agent from San Diego State gets his second interception. Herm was at California when Bartkowski and Ferragamo were there. He decided, well, I think I'll go to San Diego and play. A free agent that has done such a job with the Eagles. So now the Eagles have the ball back with a chance to ice the game. And with Montgomery on the sideline nursing an injured leg, Jaworski leads the team back downfield, and Perry Harrington plunged into the end zone from two yards out for the final score of the day. It'll be first and goal at the five with a minute and a half left in the third quarter. Minnesota leading 16-14. Carmichael in motion, gets back to Montgomery. And with that, the Eagles were headed to their first ever NFC Championship game. The final statistics from this absolutely bonkers NFC Divisional Playoff game. The Eagles had 10 more first downs than the Vikings, 24 to 14, and the Vikings turned the ball over eight times compared to the Eagles three times. You, you turn the ball over three times in a playoff game, you're not likely to win, but when your opponent turns it over eight times, 
you're in pretty good shape. All eight turnovers forced by the Eagles were done so in a span of 22 minutes in the second half. Tommy Kramer finished 19 of 39 for 209 yards, one touchdown, six interceptions, and three sacks for a QB rating of 34. Jaworski wasn't a whole lot better. 17 of 38, 190 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, and two sacks, one of them for a safety for a quarterback rating of 47. Wilbert Montgomery led the team in rushing yards, 26 attempts, but only 74 yards on the ground, but those two touchdowns. Harold Carmichael was the leading receiver on the day, seven catches for 84 yards and a touchdown. The offenses really were sputtering for most of the afternoon. The defensive stats were what were really eye-opening. Herm Edwards and Roynell Young each had two interceptions. Lamaster had one, and Carl Hairston, Ken Clark, and Reggie Wilkes all recovered fumbles, while Hairston had two sacks on the day, and Claude Humphrey had one. And I said a moment ago that Tommy Kramer had six interceptions. Forgive me, five interceptions on the day for Tommy Kramer. There were three fumbles uh, for Minnesota uh, during, uh, uh, during this unbelievably sloppy NFC Divisional game. So at this point, the game is over, and the Eagles don't know who they're going to play because the Dallas Cowboys and Atlanta Falcons still have to play their NFC divisional game, but it's clear who Eagles fans want it. We want Dallas! Dallas! We hate you! Dallas! Right here! At the vet! So on Sunday, the Atlanta Falcons, who again were the number one seed with an identical 12-4 and record, but held a tiebreaker over the Eagles, they were hosting the Dallas Cowboys in the other NFC divisional game, and it looked for a while like the the Eagles were going to have to go to Atlanta and take on the Falcons. Atlanta jumped out to a 24-10 lead in the fourth quarter, but the Cowboys surged and outscored the Falcons 20-3 in the final quarter to pull off not a huge upset, but a minor upset, 30-27. And so, Eagles fans would get what they were hoping for. As the two-seed, they would host the Dallas Cowboys, who they had split the season series with at Veteran Stadium, in the team's first ever NFC Championship game the following week, week, which we will break down next week here on BGN Memories, that legendary day at Veterans Stadium when the Eagles defeated the Cowboys for their first ever NFC title. Folks, that's going to do it for this edition of BGN Memories. Thanks for jumping back into the time machine with me and looking back on this forgotten, really a forgotten game in Eagles history. And Folks, don't forget to check out my other Eagles podcast, Eye on the Enemy. I had Cody Benjamin from CBS Sports on the podcast to preview this weekend's slate of NFL divisional games. Uh, we're going to go over all four games, and we're going to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles head coaching search as well. So make sure to check out Eye on the Enemy, as well as all the other great podcasts we've got for you here at the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. I'll talk to you next time here on BGN Memories.